by the hour. The rules are strict. No noise, no business. People are willing to pay to be able to sit quietly and just think of that. There are sleep pods that can be rented in airports, and noise-reducing earphones are popular items. There are even canvas hoods or collapsible private shields that you can buy to pull over your head and your torso for a quick workplace break. True rest also has a cause.
You know, I turn the TV off. Like, I might fall asleep watching it, but I'm gonna wake up, and when I wake up, I click the TV off and I go back to sleep. Because I don't want that stuff in my mind no more, because I'm understanding some things. Because if you keep me there, shoot, 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 murder, 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 steal, 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 when you wake up, guess what I say? It's in your subconscious, so when something happens, what's the first thought gonna pop in your mind? So guarding your, your, your peace, your rest is important. Then the other thing that caught my eye, when he, when he talked about what uh, Augustine said, and we talked, and the first thing that popped in my mind, we always talk about, God left a hole in your soul that only he can feed. And that's really what Augustus is talking about. And it kind of like, man, we've been talking about this, you know? God left a hole that only he can feed. And how does he feel it? You ready to get into that the rest of the lesson? Because I want to get to two. Warm and weary. Somebody read that for me. On a, on a balmy spring evening, restless King David paced the roof of his palace. He should have been with his army on the other side of the Jordan. He should have been leading God's people to defeat the Ammonites and finally bring peace to the kingdom. Not being where he should have been opened the door to temptation for David. Read the story in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. What happened and what great sin did David commit? Somebody. Get second Samuel chapter 11 and read one through five, and then we're going to talk about this first paragraph. And the spring of the year, the time of the go out to the David sent Joab and his servants and all his friends. And they ran to the Ammonites and they seized Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon. And what happens? 
he opened the door to that temptation. Because see, if he would have been doing what he was supposed to do as king, this story never would have happened. So really, when we look at it first, we think about the first sin, we think of it as the adultery with the sheep. But he wasn't on his post. But he wasn't on his job. He was really not doing his job as the king. Yeah. Pastor that used to do, we used to do this class with the kids, you know, where they had, you know, what more, how they, how they worded pastor, uh, king, warrior. taking a bath on her roof. His simple impulses got the better of him that evening, and he slept with Bathsheba, the wife of a trusted army officer. Like all ancient kings, David had absolute power. As king, he didn't have, as king, he didn't have to follow the rules that govern everyone else. And yet, the painful story of David's family following this story-changing moment remind us the fact that even as the king, he was not above God's law. Indeed, the law is there as a protection, a safeguard, and when even the king stepped outside it, he faced terrible consequences. As soon as David transgressed the limits of God's law, he began to feel its effect on all aspects of his life. David thought that his passionate fleeing had gone unnoticed, yet Bathsheba was now pregnant and her husband far away. So, there's so much in this little paragraph right here. Amen. First, it wasn't just any, any army office. It was a trusted army. It was a trusted one. Because if he wouldn't have been so trusted and, and such an uh, upright and noble officer, 
he would have failed for David's little thing when he told him, you know, come on back here and get you some rest and stuff. Look, don't rest that. But what would have been the cost of that rest? This whole story wouldn't unravel like it did. Then what caught my eye, notice the word he used here. He says as king, he didn't have to follow the rules that govern everyone else. Mm. But now later on when he starts talking, but he violated God's law. So the law was done away with, right? Mm. He said he didn't, because really who made the governing rules for, for the king? The king. So if I make a rule, when I make rules, ain't I gonna shape the rule to benefit me? You gotta do this, but I can do Don't do as I say, do as I, you know, we always say don't do as I do, do as I say. Well, that's what the king lives by. Y'all do what I tell y'all, and I can do anything I want to do. But that's a violation of God's law, what he did, because what's one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. And then when Elder gave the, death, the true definition of covet, you know, he didn't even want Uriah to have a wife. Really, I mean, the king, once he did it, doesn't that become his concubine? So, I mean, there's a whole lot here that sometimes we just wax over. He violated God's law. And I always think about Pastor when he says, you know, when he was young, and they used to go in the store to steal, he always had that feeling that someone was watching. And that's why, he, you know, he'll be the lookout for the one going in the store. Even on all that matter, you know, you, you, you're guilty by association. But there was that part because he always said, though, he always felt someone was watching. How many of us remember that song that came out about Rockwood? When I'm in the shower, I feel like someone's standing there. We always had that feeling that someone was watching. Whenever you get ready to do something, what's the first thing you usually do? Look behind. Look inside. <laughs> when I was getting ready to make a dope deal out on the street, when I was going to hand someone or something, what's the first thing you think I did? Look around and see who was, who was watching and stuff. So we all had that feeling that someone was watching us, but now here David is. David didn't think anyone was watching. And now this is a man after God's own heart. Isn't that what the Bible says about David? And he still felt that God wasn't watching. Maybe God's asleep. He ain't going to see me this time. <laughs> now here he did. Now he went and did the sin. Right? There's a saying that says, everything that's done in darkness will be brought to light. So now, here David is having what he's going to think is a one-night stand. And how many of us have had him? And you don't think there's going to be no repercussions because of And how many of us have shot that? How many of us have put the little bullet in the spunky gun and shot that shot? As far as I know, I don't have any children out there. As far as I know. <laughs> but David got a yeah. break. Yeah. So what was done in darkness that he didn't think anyone was watching yeah. was brought to light by the pregnancy. Yeah. Now the first thing you try to do is spin it. No, we must be pregnant for a love. He wanted his trusted officers. He out here doing what you should be doing. He's nowhere around. 
So then he's got to come up with another plan. I'm going to versify the back and I'm going to try to make it. But then when that fell through, he, he had to have the man killed. Get your hand up, Bill. intricate schemes to get Uriah home to his wife Bathsheba failed. Uriah was a man of stellar reputation who responded to David's, David's subtle hints. The ark in Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents and my lord Job and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? 2 Samuel 11, 11. Eventually, a desperate David reverted to remote control assassination to cover his sin. It is hard to believe that David, to whom God had given so much, 
could have stooped so low. No matter who we are, what warning should we all take from this story? Deke, when I read when I read that, when I um read this last night, I thought about just what you just said earlier. Uh elders just said how uh David uh confessed to everything that he did. Uh he was a man of God's own heart. So I thought about this and said, if God used David, he can do the same for us. Uh, I remember years like years ago, maybe over 10 years. You know, sometimes you still have these conversations, right? And um, you'll be having with homeboys and whatnot. And man, would you, and I was saying, honestly, I don't know what, what, what I would do if I'm put in a situation. Because, I mean, you just, you never know when they're tempting me in temptation. And just like you just said, now we, we, are, we are old enough and wise enough and more mature enough now, I can say no, uh-uh, no, I'm not doing it. You, you know what I'm saying? So I caught, when I read this, this, this statement in this box, I took as that God can use us all. All we have to do is to confess our faults to him, trust him, and God going to uh, wipe our sins away. See, the thing that made David a man after a, a God's own heart wasn't that he was perfect. It was just like Elder pointed out. Whatever he did, he didn't try to, you know, make excuses or sugarcoat. He manned up and said, yes, I stand again. Every time you see what what is thing God was saying, I sinned against God. Yeah. Admitting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made him a man after his own heart. Because now what caught my eye too was when doing this, look at all the look at all the uh adjectives, I mean uh, yeah, the adjectives that's used to describe the right. He was known. He you know, he had the respect of his men. He, something that uh I Pastor was either doing a sermon or a Wednesday night, and he talked about, you know, the qualities of a good leader is the leader puts his men first. Yeah. And that's what he told him right here. Because come on, man. Here you are. Remember when we were out there for you for 30 days? And even more for y'all, too, because y'all was over in Saudi Arabia. Man, they tell you you can go home? <laughs> man, I've been jumping on the first plane. But no, that was the true leader. That's really what David should have been doing. Because now look, you're talking about the ark. And if you know the, if you know the background of the ark of the covenant, he brings that up, the ark in Israel, Judah, a dwelling in the tent. In other words, we, they brought the ark out because they always led out with it because that was the spirit of God in between the cherubims and stuff. And here we got this out here that you want me to come home to be with my wife. He wouldn't do it. That's the true leader. That's what David should have been doing. Mm-hmm. See, that's the other thing. God's, when God revealed this, he was showing David really what I want you to do. This man did. But then once David messed up, assassinated the man. Now, if people murder people all the time, we figure there's no hope for them. But David's showing us right here, as long as you confess with yeah. your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, Amen. even a word will give salvation. Amen. 
But how many times have we ran to sin and thinking that somebody did something that they can't get salvation, although that's too moral. You know, they just convicted that guy in California killing them women, but you know what? If that dude goes to prison and he truly confesses with his mouth and truly believes in his heart, while everybody pointing fingers at him, he might be in heaven while you over there looking, why are you making the end out here? So it's hard to believe that David, who God had given so much, going back to like what Deacon Cain was just talking about, with a stoop so low. Because you really have to think about murder, had, that stoop was pretty low. Now you want to stuff out. You created a life to stuff out a life to cover up. So you hopefully you get your life. Yeah. Life plus life equals life. Thank you for the speed that one just came No matter who we are, what one should we take from the story? Like Deacon Kay said and I said. We all mess up. But are you truly sorry you mess up? Because it goes back to that verse in Hebrew. If you continually to willfully sin, the blood of Jesus Christ is not another void in your life. See, David, David, man up, David, you got it. But he didn't hold up on his own, but you know the problem he didn't have to come. <laughs> but once it was proper, see, but that's why you have a pastor. That's why you have elders. Sometimes, like we say, pastor was just talking about it the other day, about there's a way that, there's a way that all men's minds that he thinks is right. But sometimes they have no hold up, man. That don't line up with God's word. Now, what do you do when you put this part to your attention? Do you do a day, or do you do what we usually do? Oh, man, I ain't do that. I thought you said, man, there's so much. I'm guessing this started along. That, that's a prime example of how how our sins was carved out. You took one sin, smoked, turned into lying, <laughs> murder. You know, so we can go on and on. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But it's a prime example. Sometimes I'll be uh, sin and try to cover up our sin. Because you said earlier, like, they was the king could do what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But why did he come up with this elaborate scheme to say, you know, he was worried about his reputation? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm supposed to be you know, one of God's men. I, I was anointed by God. Yeah. You know, so he, he was worried about his reputation, but his reputation is what got him caught up in. A man's murder. You know, a man that's king, he could have did anyone. He could have went to the town and did anybody. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, he was the king. What they was going to do to him. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he's running by his reputation. And, you know, and, you know, that number that isn't going to bite him safe, but that's just be saying, you know, I think he's running by his reputation. That's why he came over to the library of king. Mm -hmm. But one sin led another sin, led another sin, led another sin. And, but don't we do that? Yeah. You know, we get caught yeah. up on something, yeah. first thing out of our mouth, we're going to lie. Cover it up, It ain't the sin, it's the cover up, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, the next thing you know, uh, when it comes to our reputation, we're ready to fight somebody. Yeah, they're gonna yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. yeah. about killing yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get caught up on something, somebody's going to tell your wife, you might knock him out, we're going to get you up. <laughs> 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 You know? and, and we came to get the thing around with this boy. 
trusted uh, uh trust like, I think I need a sample water more, but you know how cynical that is? The way he did in Iraq? <coughs> That's cynical. Yeah. You gave a man his death penalty to carry a little wood back to the it was in the letter. That's how much you trusted him not to open up that letter. Not to read that letter. You let him carry his own death sentence back out there. Didn't even know it said, Well, you're right, you're going to the front line. You know what I mean? That, that's cynical. To come up with a scheme like that, that's, that's real cynical. Like you said, I mean, that's us. That's us. Yeah. But you know, I asked how many okay, so when David was walking on their well, on their roof, was that the I, I don't I'm I'm asking a question. Was that the only time he did this? Or did he do was he used to doing stuff like this? Well you don't know because the story on the points out this morning yeah. is so you don't know. I mean that's See, that's the thing, that's what I always said before. We get a snapshot. Yeah. They can just, he, how many concubines did he have? Mm -hmm. How many wives did he have? I'm quite sure that wasn't the first time on the rooftop. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, okay. And that's why I said, really, too, all that would have happened was he would've, she would have became his concubine. I'm the king. But see, he knew in his own heart that he sinned against God, though. Like you said, because really, too, you know what his biggest punishment was? Yeah, he lost that child, but you know what his biggest one was? God told him, you have blood on your hands, you can't build my temple. Your son's going to build my temple because of the blood on your hands. And that's the and only reputation that matters. A lot of times, we, lot of times yeah, we yeah. thinking about it was all about all the battles he had, yeah. all the wars. Those were strengthened by God. That blood wasn't on his hand. It's the blood that you ride was on his hand. And it cost him the temple. Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and he grew it up with him and his children. He shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal 
for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one man, for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I give you from the hand of Saul. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your, ma I gave your master's house to you and your master's wife into your own. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Before your eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one, to the one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight. Because all Israel, before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sins. You are not going to die. But because you're doing this, you have shut you have shown utter contempt for the law. The son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife. Okay, all right. All right, Pastor. We didn't just talk to you. We just read it. I mean, he told him what the real problem was. Not so much. It, it really had to do, like we always say, with the color. You've got everything already. Basically, he said you took from the poor, somebody who didn't have much. And you got everything. So our pride, our pride can get us in a whole lot of trouble. Amen. Amen. Or as Elder said, you know, how we want people to respect us or look at us. The question was, why do you think Nathan chose to tell the story rather than naming and shaming David immediately? Well, I always go back. What was one thing Pastor Smith always said? You should tell you tell a story, you need to use word pictures. Well, that's what Nathan did. Because he would have just came out and told him, you see, what more than likely, what would David lie about? See, but once he got the picture, <laughs> the imagery. And then look at everything. I mean, when you really look at the imagery that he used, why 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 lamb? Well, that's a female sheep, right? Because a ram is the male, a sheep. So he used that and showed how this was the man. He, he loved it like a daughter, and then you took it. Lamb will actually dump you. Lamb will actually dump you. I don't know if the gender got anything to do with it. Oh, that's right, because you will win a prayer. But he used the sheep, and he said it's like a daughter. And you took it. Mm -hmm. He getting it, you know, he pumping David up. He got David's emotions all over. Then he talked about he needs to be killed, he needs to be seven times, you know. He's, 
He's like, well, that's you. So now all of a sudden, what you, you got to admit, hey, man, he got me. Well, yeah, this is a principle that I started living by uh, years ago, years ago. Uh, you know, something will be going on with my wife or somebody say, well, why you didn't say nothing? Because if you already know, you only going to make that person defend themselves a lot. So why do that? That, that that's, that's just something I've been living by for years. If I already know what's going on, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have to put you in a position. I did it just this week. I'm not going to put nobody in a position to have to defend themselves in line when we already all know what's going on. Yeah. And that's like we said, you know, Nathan also, you tell him what God told him. So I'm quite sure, see, like we said, you don't get the whole picture. Maybe even God told him how to come in daily. Because mm. like you said, you know, like Pastor said, you know, we got to grow in some things. Because when we're young, we're throwing bricks in the face. We tell the cow how he ain't captain for Sister Phil. Because, too, in a way, if we go there and not go on with the spirit of God in you, mm. in a way, you want to see that person kind of twist and turn and mm. a little miserable. I mean, just, I mean, be real. Don't you want to see all of a sudden sweat break out on his forehead? Like trying to, he does that, he's trying to think of the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, when people look up and look to the right, they're thinking. Let me see what I can say. But that's that's why he had to go how he did. He went, you know, in the spirit of God and in the spirit. Because now remember, now he is a man after God's own heart. We'll get ready to get into that in just a minute. Yeah? I mean, what's the first thing you do with somebody confronting you with your son? They come in smart, they straight like those first thing you're going to do. Come on, I crack the thing, we'll go to the and I kind of joke about it a little bit, but what happened to, uh, to John the Baptist when he went to King Herod? Uh, I'm pretty sure he went to King Herod with a story and he even got his egg cut on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, God said they were still the king. Yeah. Even though, you know, Nathan was a man of God, but when you come up to him, you know, I didn't come, but I didn't kill one man or rest behind this little line. It wasn't us.
that time he was a man it, God he was a man of God and that's why I say he didn't he didn't want to let once he realized he let God down he knew that was the ultimate like betrayal if that makes sense I mean mm -hmm. you see on his own he tried to cover everything up but then once it was brought out then God knew what you need like you said David recognized that scene. Amen. Uh, uh, 
Dave Brett at the bottom, last paragraph. Oh, I'm still on Monday. Yeah. David recognized that sin, which makes our heart restless, is permanently and, did I read that wrong? Primarily. Okay, David recognized that sin, which makes our heart restless, is primarily an affront against God, the Creator and Redeemer. We hurt ourselves, we affect others. We bring disgrace to our families and churches, yet unfortunately, sorry, yet ultimately, we hurt God and drive another nail into the rough beam pointed heavenward on Golgotha. The prophet's rebuke touched the heart of David. Conscience was aroused. His guilt appeared in all his, what's that, enormity? In all its enormity, his soul was bowed in penance before God. With trembling lips, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. All wrong done to others reached back from the injured one to God. David had committed a grievous sin toward both Uriah and Bathsheba. And he keenly felt this. But infinitely. infinitely greater was his sin against God. Let's go to two. Forgiving and forgotten. Uh, somebody give me Psalms 51. Read the whole psalm for me. Well, hold on, Pastor, you got your seat? Yes. Read, read, give me Psalms 51. Read it in the seat. There's a, some things I want to catch. And the seat does a little better job. Okay. Uh, Psalm 51. Yes. Have mercy upon me, O Elohim. Okay. Where at? Starting one. Read the whole, it's only 17 verses. Amen. <laughs> Have mercy upon me, O Elohim. According to your loving kindness, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, block out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Wash me, Wash me thoroughly. Go ahead, Dave. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and clean and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only. Have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge? Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O Elohim, and renew a right rock within me. Cast me not away from my presence, from your presence, and take your ruach hakadesh from me. Restore me into the joy of your. Restore me. Restore unto me the joy of your 
Yeshua, and uphold me with your free roar. Then will I teach transgressors, transgressors, then will I, will I teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be turned back into you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O Elohim, Elohai, of my Yeshua, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Adonai, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You delight not in ascending smoke offerings. The sacrifice of Elohim are a broken roar, a broken and a contrite heart. O Elohim, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasures unto Tiasayan. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall you be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with ascending smoke offerings and whole ascending smoke offerings. Then shall thy offering bullocks unto your altar. Yeah. We're going to touch on this in just a minute. After David had unwillingly pronounced judgment on himself. See, that's why the prophet came and did what he did. See, like we were talking about, if the prophet would have just came and said you did this, he would have got the but he said this, he gave him a story about the land. Now, that's when, then David, when he saw, he said, well, why did this man take this man's sheep? And he said, well, he needs to be killed. So he pronounced judgment. Then the prophet turned around and told him, hey, that's you, king. You just did this when you wired his wife. Yeah. You, took, you took his wife and had him killed. So then it says, David confronted him in the enormity of his sin. Now remember, he's done all of them. First, he didn't do what God wanted him to do and go out there and leave the truth. Then he sat there and he did the adultery. Then he did the murder. So all of, like you said, all the sins all of a sudden now, that's a, that's a lot of sin in one little episode. Yeah. Yeah. See, David's heart was broken and he confessed, he confessed his sin. See, his heart was broken. And we know our heart is what? I saw Immediately Nathan assured him that the Lord had also put away your sin. Since David went ahead and manned up, God forgave him. And that he was forgiven. There was no way to fear for God's forgiveness. David didn't have to prove that he was really sincere before forgiveness was extended. However, Nathan who had already had predicted the consequences of David's sin in 2 Samuel 12, verses 10 through 12, went on to state that the child to be born would die. So in other words, if God forgave you, and once again, you gotta, you gotta reap what you sow. What does it mean that God had taken away David's sin? What does that mean? The same thing it means for us. Once he said, I blot him out, I cast him into the depths as far as the east is from the west. So just all this stuff David did now, when we sin, we got the same provision that David has if we do what David did and don't do what we usually want to do. Amen. Amen. That's how you become a man or woman after God's own heart. The same thing that was extended to David can be extended to us this day. 
Did he just wipe the slate clean? Well, remember I just said, we, we think about mass murders, child molesters, and everything else, and then guess what? If they truly ask for forgiveness, yes, this, this slate is wiped clean. That's what the Bible said. There's no right, but I will forgive everything but. Right. Amen. Now, there ain't no but in there. It says he forgives all our sins. Amen. 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 Now, here we are committing sins. Just because that's a bigger sin. See, you know, that's how we usually do. Get yeah. away with my sin. I try to get somebody with a bigger sin and throw them out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what Trump is. You know, I, I, I throw this out against you. You don't see what I'm doing over here. Yeah. It's the oldest trick in the book. It's the one we all play. Does everyone simply forget about it? Well, he said his son was going to die. I'm quite sure, you know, that's the thing, like we always said before, no matter what we do in our life, it's in your mind. Whatever you see somebody else do in their life, it's in your mind. You can't just forget, I mean forget about it. But what you can forget is like you said, when your emotions come up, like I always say about true forgiveness. True forgiveness is you can see that person and you don't get all mad and angry or scared, your emotions don't come up. You just you see somebody like we're seeing each other right now, and there's no kind of emotional attachment to it. That's when you truly forgive somebody. Because I always tell you the story, it took me three times to forgive somebody. Like I said, first time I wanted to kill him. The second time I didn't want to kill him, but I wanted to get one old by Paul. The third time I seen him, I actually was able to speak to him and just keep walking. Then all of a sudden, when I did that, when I turned the corner, man, I was happy, man, I jumped up in. In a while, working graveyards at Walmart. And I jumped, I said, man, I truly forgive you. And that's how it is. We, we, we're not going to forget the incident, but we can't forget how it makes us feel. David also wasn't wondering about these questions as he saw his world crumbling, the baby dead, his family in disarray. The stories of Amon and Absalom are two good examples of real life family trouble. And here we sit up here and watch the young arrested. Remember back in the day we watched Dallas. We watch all this stuff with family drama and you can read your Bible and see things way Amen. the same thing and things even worse. Because like I said now, David was forgiven instantly when David told him that he, he confessed his sins. But that baby died later on when he was born. So all of a sudden when that baby died, what do you think David's first little day was? Mm. Am I truly forgiven? But you have to remember back what your consequences, the consequences of your action. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. It's either going to be equal to what you did, or it's going to be opposite of what you did. That's the reading of some concept. Yet, despite the consequences of his sin, which had affected innocent people, such as Uriah and the newborn baby, Uriah and the baby was collateral damage.
forgiven me for the blood guilty. In other words, he knows he has blood on his hands. And he's asking for that forgiveness. Then he says, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The righteousness of the Lord. 